If you would take your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2. Last week we started looking at the topic of, of sanctification. If you'll remember, uh, or just by way of uh, reiterating for those that might be with us today visiting, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, the Bible talks about us being sanctified or set apart. So positionally we are set apart in Christ. So we have positional sanctification. And one day when we leave this world, we'll have what we call glorification or ultimate sanctification where we'll no longer deal with sin. But between the time that we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior and we leave this world and enter into eternity, we are going through the process that we oftentimes call sanctification or more specifically call progressive sanctification. Or really, it's just a big word that talks about our, our spiritual growth. And, and so often we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, and now we're positionally, we're in Christ, and we say, okay, now we have to grow spiritually, but we don't really know how that is. And, and so we think, okay, if I do this or do that, and a lot of these things that we do are the, as we mentioned last week, kind of the building blocks of our sanctification, but we don't have the proper foundation for our spiritual growth. And so I want us to look at that. So the first thing we looked at last week, in order to grow spiritually, we must have, number one, intimacy with God. Intimacy with God comes uh, basically through time and access. Time and access. The more time we spend with God, the more access we have to God, the more access He has to our life, uh, the more intimate that relationship was, is going to be. That's true in any relationship uh, that we have. Time and access creates intimacy. Um, and so that our intimate relationship with God has to be the foundation of our spiritual growth. But so many people are so busy doing this and doing that, they forget that their relationship with God is the priority in their life. And so today we come to the second aspect of what I'm calling the foundation of sanctification, the foundation of our spiritual growth, and that is live your new life. Live your new life. Or maybe I can say it this way, die to self. Die to self. Second, or Galatians, excuse me, chapter number 2 and verse 20, Paul, Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. So we have the picture of death. So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In order for us to grow spiritually, we must live a new life, which really in turn is dying to ourselves, and hopefully you understand what I mean today. Father, thank you for your time, uh, the time together today. Thank you for the beautiful music and the, the, the truths about the gospel, Lord, and the fact that Jesus truly paid it all. And I do pray if somebody is here today that's never accepted Christ, that today would be that day in their life. But for those of us that are believers, that Lord, I pray that you would help us in this area of living a life that, Lord, is focused on you and focused on spiritual growth. Lord, and that is a foundation uh, for our sanctification. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We live in, in a world that is quite different um, than maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, definitely 100 years ago. One of the new phenomenons in the generation which we live in is something called the selfie. How many of you took a selfie this week? Be honest, people, all right? 
Be honest, all right? Yeah, most of you are lying. I'm just kidding there. But um, selfies began to be popular, they say, and as I researched that this week, in Japan back in the 90s. When I say selfie, the selfie the way we think of them today. The term was actually coined in 2002, and in 2013, the word selfie actually was the word of the year and added to the dictionary. You know, there was a time when you would go on vacation and you would just take in the scenery and you would look at maybe the mountains and the waterfalls and the rivers and the animals. And there was times when you would go and, and just look at the, the beautiful sunsets. You might have someone take a picture of you and your family in front of a sign or a monument. You'd get home and you'd go through your, your photo album that you maybe printed off. And uh, nobody prints pictures that anymore, I understand that. But you'd get home and you'd go through your photo album and you would just admire the, the beautiful world uh, or the vacation and all that went on. Maybe there was a picture of, you know, Sally in front of, of some type of monument or some type of sign or something like that. But now we go to these places these amazing places, and our first thought is, I have to get a picture of me. Really, that's our first thought. Everywhere we go, we have to have a picture of, of me. Most of our pictures now are taken with our arms stretched out like this, right? One of the family members has their arm, and they're trying to keep it out of the picture, and, and everybody's trying to, to cram in. And this has become normal behavior in our society. Our first thought is, get myself in this picture. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul says, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So Paul says that the world is going to become this terrible place. And the first thing he says is, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. He tells us the world is going to be terrible and, and people are going to love themselves. And listen, let's be honest, that's the world that we live in today. I mean, a world where we create, and one of the, the, the most common things that happen in daily life is this idea of, of selfie because it's all about me. And listen, social media and, and Facebook, it, it has promoted this mindset as you get on there. I mean, everything is all about it's about me. I have friends on, on Facebook. I mean, I, I kind of get sick looking at their Facebook page. I mean, because it's just, I mean, constantly about, about them. And, and it's about them. And it's about them. And it's about them. And, and what you know from most people's social media pages, they love themselves. They love themselves. There was a, a time when people took all these pictures and made their life about themselves. We would call them a, a narcissist. Narcissism is characterized by a grandiose sense of self-importance, a lack of empathy for others, and a need for excessive admiration, and the belief that one is unique and deserving of, of special treatment. It, it used to be that you believed that you were special because your grandmother told you that, right? Because no grandchild is ever not special and not the greatest. And then, I mean, when I talk to my parents or to my in-laws, my kids are the greatest things on earth. And so I have to, after my kids are around them for a while, I have to remind them, you're not that great, okay? You're not that great. And uh, just remember that. But we, now, today, we just believe um, ourselves and we get our attention and admiration from 
from the clicks and the likes and the number of pictures that we post online. And, and, and people are struggling in, in this world. And even Christians in the church are struggling with spiritual growth because we walk around this world in, in self mode. Self mode. We've bought into this lie that it's, it's all about, about you. It goes all the way back to the beginning. Eve, when, when, when Satan came and, and Satan didn't say, hey, Eve, worship me. Satan didn't say, hey, come and serve me. And, and Satan came to Eve and said, listen, it's all about you. Eve, you do you. It's all about you because if you take of this fruit, guess what? You're going to be like God and you're going to be amazing and you're wonderful. And, and it's really all about you. And we've been going through this with this mindset generation after generation after generation. And, and it's just with social media and technology, it's just, it's just showing itself in the world that we live in today. We walk around in, in self-mode, in our flesh. It's all about us. And so when we focus on ourselves and we are hindering our, our spiritual growth. So we must understand today who we are in Christ and die to self. Because that we are in Christ, and we have been crucified with Christ. And so we must die to ourselves. And so today, and if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that you have been crucified with Christ. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Christ. And so what does that mean then? What that means is now that the way that we live our lives should be different from the way that we lived before we accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, as our Savior. So there's three things I want you to see about being crucified with Christ today. Number one, being crucified with Christ means that our position has changed. Our position has changed. In this passage, as you go through there, Paul is talking about being under the law. And he says, listen, I'm no longer under the law. I'm, I'm no longer bound by the law. I'm no longer under the, the, the bondage of, of, of sin. We're no longer dead in our trespasses and sins. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, Paul wrote this, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, and, I, and, and this is what he says, wherein we stand. You see, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we now are no longer the enemy of God. We have peace with God and access through, to God through faith, through the grace that we are standing in. It's a picture of, of a new position. You see, I used to stand apart from God. I used to stand apart from his grace. I used to stand apart from uh, of spiritual things. But now that I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, my position is in Jesus Christ. So being crucified with Christ means our position has changed. I'm no longer dead in my trespasses and sins. I'm no longer part of this world, but I'm part of the family. I'm part of the family of God. But when I'm living for myself, and I'm living in self-mode, what happens is, is I, I'm failing to see the, the position, the position that I've ha I have, the position that I am in today in Jesus Christ, as I've been crucified with, with him. You know, as, as a pastor here at Grace Baptist Church, they, they, they give me keys, you know, to the building, 
And um, I get to, you know, come in the building whenever I want. And I get to, you know, open the doors and turn the alarm. They even give me alarm codes. So I don't get arrested by the police. And, um, you know, and so I, I have the, the authority to, to come in. I can go over to the school building and, you know, walk in. And, and I, ha I have that, that, that position um, of, of authority because I have, I have those keys. Many of you don't have those keys. You know what? And as the pastor, I actually have a different key than most of the people on our staff. It's got a, a GM on it. It's a grandmaster. So there's certain doors that my key opens. I think Doug might have a key because, you know, they're not going to just trust me with that key. Um, but um, I think Doug has that key. But the position gives you that that key. We give people stickers all the time, and you can go up to the door, and you can, um, you can scan the door, and it'll, it'll unlock. Some people, we restrict them from nine to five, just because we don't trust you. I'm going to be honest. All right, no, I'm just kidding. Some, you know, we, we give them a key, but we go on the computer, and we type based on their position, and their position is based on their authority, so they, what gives them access their, their position. So they can only come in maybe from nine to five, Monday through, Monday through Friday, but hey, I get to come in anytime I want. Two in the morning, three in the morning, five in the morning, you know, whenever I want, I get to, I get to show up any day and come because of, of the position, you know, that, that I have, that, that position. Many of you have those positions at your work and in your home. Uh, you know, you, I have keys to my house. I have a garage door opener, so I don't even have to get out. I can just, you know, hit the button and pull in the garage and don't even have to get out in the snow that Doug's fired for talking about. And, um, but we just pull right in because, listen, if you come to my house and you open the garage door, we have a problem, all right? Same thing is true if I come to your house. Why? It's because of the position that I have, the position in my home, the position in the church. If I were to walk up, you know, to my house and, and my key didn't work anymore, you'd be like, you're having marital problems, right? So, um, but if I walked in, I'd say there's a problem. Why? Because I, well, the bank owns it, but I'm paying the mortgage on this house. I own this house. Like, this is my, this is my house. And so that position gives me gives me access to it. It would be weird if you came to my home and, and I had a tent on the front porch or on the, in the grass and I was sleeping. You're like, hey, what, what's going on here? Why are you sleeping, sleeping out here? You have the right, you have the position to be able to go in and, and sleep inside. And, and that would be weird to you. The, the issue is, is we, we often don't realize the position that we have in Jesus Christ. And so we don't, take, take, we don't have access to it. We don't take advantage of it. And so being crucified in Christ means that we have a new position. Number two, being crucified with Christ means that we are new creations. In 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, so our position, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's not just... It, his viewpoint that should change or that can change. But Paul is saying that everything should change. Now, there's certain things that, that are obviously still the same, our physical features, our personality, our temperament, um, our struggle with the sin in this world. But he's stressing here the elements that such as perspectives and misconceptions and, and really here in Galatians 2 are enslavements. And God tells us that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
And so that's why it doesn't make sense for a Christian to want to hold on to the old way and the old attitudes and the old things because that's not who we are. Based on our position in Jesus Christ, we're totally different. We're a new creation. We're a new creature. So everything about our life that was old should pass away. Now it should become new. And, and, and we don't understand that. So we're walking around in what the Bible calls the beggarly elements. We're still trying to hold on to the old attitudes and the old way of thinking and the old, way, the old philosophies of life. We're holding on to those things. And then we struggle. Well, why am I not growing? Why, not, why am I not growing? Well, you're still selfish. You're still got a bad attitude, you're still disobedient to parents, you're still lovers of self, you're still, you're still all of those things. It, it's still, you're still holding on to those things and say, okay, I'm holding on to these things, but I want to add a little bit of God in and hopefully that'll sprout me up. It doesn't work that way. It, it's, it's like you're, you're a flower, it's, it's like you're a flower filled in weeds and you come over there and you pour, you, you pour weed killer onto you, on the flower and you wonder, why, why is it not growing? It's because all of the weeds and all of the poison from that weed killer is destroying you and not allowing you to grow. And that's the difference between good soil and uh, clean soil with no weeds and fertilizer and plant food versus, listen, you're taken out of that soil and, and a new soil, but we're over here trying to crawl back into those things. And God says, you don't realize you're a new creature and you're still trying to hold on to all of those, those old things. You're trying to hold on to yourself. And what happens is, is, is you're hindering your, your spiritual growth. So being crucified with Christ means our position has changed. It means we are a new creature. And what I want to get to today, being crucified with Christ means then that we have a new focus. We have a new focus. As a, as a believer now in Christ, I'm a new creature. Now my focus in life has, has changed. Notice he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Wait a minute. He stops and says, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which, is, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so here's the, really the, the, the foundation of the focus here. It's not about what I want or how I want to live, but listen, it's Christ living through me. I was so grateful we sang that song today. And uh, yet not I, but Christ, that it's Christ that lives through me, and Christ, it's Christ that lives in me, and so he lives through me. And the life that I'm living, I'm living in the faith of the Son of God. So my focus in life is not about self, but it's about Jesus. My focus is not about me, but it's about, it's about God. It's not about how can I be glorified, but how can God be glorified. So our focus when it comes to the area of love changes. Galatians 5 verse 24, and they that are Christ have crucified, we have the same picture, the flesh with the affections and lust. So the things that I love have changed. The things that I love have changed. 1 Peter 1, 7 and 8, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and the glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. And whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice, and with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
So Paul says that I am crucified the flesh, including my affections. I, I no longer love self, but now I love Jesus. That's what Paul is saying. He's, he's pointing our, our, our heart and our life. The focus of our life is to love God and to love Jesus. But we live in a selfie mode, in a selfie world. And so we love ourselves. We love ourselves. And so we do what we believe that we want to do. Instead of saying, okay, I love God more than I love myself. And so I need to live the life that I'm called to live in Jesus Christ. That's a life of loving God. That's a life of dying to self and letting Jesus live through us. Why? Because we love him. You see, the focus is no longer loving ourselves, but loving God. When we get crucified, when we are crucified with Christ, our focus in life has changed. So what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, it's different, really, for everybody in here. And I'm not going to tell you all my sins. Um, but our focus on loving God, our loving ourselves is, okay, what makes me comfortable? What do I feel like today? Or what do I feel like is best for me? The focus on loving Jesus and the focus on loving God is, okay, what does God say? What does God expect? What is God's desire. We, we, we have this battle for some reason in the world, and the battle is over my Christian liberty versus legalism, when really that's not the battle that most of us face. The battle that we face is loving self versus loving God. You see, I don't act and do and things like that because I'm trying to earn favor with God. I, I simply do the things that I do because I love God and because I love Jesus, and so I want to honor Him and glorify Him. And, and so we got this thing all twisted up in our head because the world says, oh, if you put standards, if if you try to live a certain way, if you have a certain focus, then you're a legalist. No, uh, it's not about my legalism versus liberty. It's about loving God and loving him. It's about my focus. It's no longer on myself. Go back to Eve, back in the Garden of Eden. What did Satan say? Hey, listen, it's about you. It, it's about you. It's not about what God said. It's about what you want. And that was the focus that caused Eve to sin. And many of us, we walk around in that same mindset. It's about what I want. It's about what I want. You know why you struggle in your relationships in your home? You know why you struggle in your relationships at work? Because it's about what you want as opposed to what other people need or what the situation calls for. And so our focus, when we are crucified with Christ, we have a new focus when it comes to our love. We have a new focus when it comes to our priorities. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, ex acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Paul says that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. You see, that becomes the priority when we get out of self-mode and start wanting to serve God and, and we love God more than we love ourselves. My priority is not my comfort, my ease, what I like, what I dislike. My priority is that which is acceptable unto God. But too many Christians today are, are, are floundering when it comes to spiritual growth because we are not doing what's acceptable to God. Our focus isn't pleasing God or bringing Him glory. Our focus is on what we like or what we want or what we believe that we that we need. Hey, listen, if you believe that you need something and it's contrary to the Word of God, let me tell you this, you don't need it. That's just, the, that's the reality, that is the truth of life. If you believe you need something and it's contrary to God's Word, you don't need it. 
But the, but the priority in those moments is I, I need it because we walk around in self-mode. So when we're crucified with Christ, our, 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 um, excuse me, our focus changes when it comes to our priorities. Our priority is no longer me, but it's Christ living through me. And then we come to the final point of our focus here. When we are crucified with Christ means we have a new focus when it comes to just our way of life. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, Paul says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past. Now listen closely. Wherein in time past ye walked. This was your way of life before you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, and the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so Paul says, this is who you were. You were disobedient. You were uh, people that were living for self, and you were living uh, an ungodly lifestyle. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through, G to, through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of, of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we, those that are in Christ, those that have been crucified with Christ, we are his workmanship. We've now been created with our new position in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, being crucified with Christ means that your life is going to change. Your life is going to, to be different from before you accept Christ as your Savior to after you are a believer in Jesus Christ. When you are crucified with Christ, the way of life changes because who you were was somebody walking in ungodliness, living for yourself. But yet so many Christians find themselves living in that world and walking and living for themselves. But he says, listen, you were now created unto good works. So walk in them. That, that's not who you are anymore, and that's not how you should live anymore. So there should be this, this difference. And so we have to live the life that God has called us to live in Jesus Christ. And what is that life? We have to die to ourselves. It's because it's not about us. Because we have been crucified with Christ. But it's Christ that now is living through us. So I hope you understand this morning, being crucified with Christ means you have a new position. Your position has changed. It means you're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Being crucified with Christ means that our focus changes. We no longer love ourselves, but we love God more. Our priorities are no longer about us and what we want, but it's about God and what he says. Being crucified with Christ, our focus has changed, and that includes our way of life. And what's happening in our world today is many people aren't believing because you're still living for yourself. You're still in the way. You're, you're still living in the way you used to live and doing the things that you want and giving in to yourself. And you've got to get out of the way. 
and allow God to live through you and do the work that he wants to do in your life. There's nothing wrong with selfies. I take selfies like twice a year. So, I mean, um, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with them. And, you know, they create sticks for them. And, you know, hopefully you have a long enough arm. And it's, 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 it's great memories. But what is wrong is self being the priority. Self being what we loved. Giving into ourself as opposed to what God has called us to do. Honestly, you're never going to grow spiritually if your life is about you. If you're living for you, you're never going to have the spiritual growth that God wants you to have. And so at the foundation of our spiritual growth, listen, there's a lot of people that serve in the church for self. Listen, there are people that teach for self. There are people that sing for self. There are people that will go out soul winning or door to door and pass out tracts for self because I want the glory and I want the attention and, and, and look at me. And people are going through and putting all these building blocks of self in their life. And all this religious activity is about self. In order to grow spiritually, number one, we have to have intimacy with God. Our relationship with God has to be a priority. Number two, we have to die to ourselves. We have to live the life that God has called us to live here in this world if we're going to have the spiritual growth that he's called us to.